You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Now is the right time to bring back Padres Social Hour as we await the start of the regular season. Friar Faithful, get ready to sit back, relax, and join the conversation. Now, coming to you from everyone's homes around San Diego and beyond, it's Padres Social Hour with your host, Jesse Agler. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to Padres Social Hour. I am Padres broadcaster Jesse Agler. We've got a fun show for you as we kick off this week. Uh, Padres Social Hour. If you have not joined us before, basically, we're just talking ball for, you know, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, every night, Monday through Thursday, live at 530 and trying to help you pass the time a little bit. Hope everybody out there is staying uh, safe and healthy and as sane as possible. Not easy. We know, but we're trying to do our part to uh, to help you through it a little bit. Fun show for you today. We'll check in with Uber prospect Mackenzie Gore, left-hander in the Padres system, considered the best pitching prospect in all of baseball. See how Yay. he's doing during quarantine. We've also got Scott Miller of Bleacher Report. He's been doing some great reporting on the KBO, the Korean League, which has opening day tonight at 10 p.m. Pacific time. We also invite you to play Social Hour Bingo. That's right. We're gamifying ourselves, having some fun with this thing. And uh, you can go to the ballpark app, go to the game section on the Padres thing, and you play a little social hour bingo. It'll be great. So have some fun with that. Bring in my co-hosts today. First, the 1976 National League Cy Young Award winner, left-hander from Poway, Randy Jones. Hello, Randy. Go monkeys. Go monkeys. Let's just come on. Monkeys. Let's kick some butt. It's that CPBL. You're mixing your leagues now. I'm sorry, man, but that's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got, you know. I got uh, the monkeys are playing, man. Yeah, no, the monkeys are. I've I've been following the monkeys in the uh, Chinese professional uh, baseball league in Taiwan. Uh, we are going to be big uh, on top of the KT Wiz in the Korean league, and they start their season tonight. Brady Phelps is here at Lob Shots, uh, looking. I, I see your shirt. I just noticed that, by the way, very appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I figure I get to wear it literally once a year. It's the uh, once a year. The, well, yeah, May the fourth, buddy. Come on, May the fourth be with you. We were, isn't there, there's probably some, some bingo square about how long it would take for one of us to say May the 4th. And I know clearly by your reaction, you are not a Star Wars guy. Brady, how old are you? Older than Jesse. Brady, when you turn seven, when you turn 70, I want you, you don't give a damn. You wear that shirt whenever you want when you turn 70. All right. I just want you to know that. I'm just giving you a was. I thought the angle was stopping a child and stop paying attention to Star Wars, but you were simply saying. Hey, wear the shirt whenever you want. I Jesse, I just want you to know that for the last nine days now, I've been going through boxes of Randy Jones baseball paraphernalia history. Really, uh, I have never seen so many so many articles from all over the world about you know my my career in the seventies, and um, also I've never seen so many duplicates of articles. You know, oh. I'm, I've got 9,000 pounds of stuff that, I mean, I can donate to somebody and I've still got 3,000 left. I've never seen so much stuff in all my life. I, I'm serious. I'm your guy, RJ. I'll even help look, you move it. We can move it for your, charity. Well, get your butt out of here, man. Get, Let's get it. do it. It's still, I actually, being, okay. having been at your place before, I'm yeah. shocked that you don't actually have your Cy Young you know, kind of hovered on the wall behind you for these recordings. Like, that's what I, I would like to see. Eh, you know me. You know me. It's, it's it's in the same wall that it's been for a lot of years here in the house. Right next to the ducks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll either shoot them or, you know, shot hitters. <laughs> so, you know, like somebody's, somebody's getting shot somewhere. But, I mean, I mean, it's been incredible, guys. And, and you know, and, and Jesse, I know you can't relate to this, but when you start going through stuff that you've had, you know, since 1972, 73, you know, it, it takes a little time. Yeah, and it's kind of hard for you to relate to that, but that's a lot of years. And I've been going through some of this stuff, and, uh, I mean, then all of a sudden you go through like 40 pounds of paperwork, and, and here's a here's a picture of your kids and a, and a couple of dogs at St. Bernard's when they were kids, and out of nowhere. I mean, it's just, 
it's been a pretty incredible little ride so far. I'm not yeah. done yet. I got plenty to do. That's, but, you know, and Brady, what I'm talking about is there's a lot of this stuff I'm talking about for the archives, for, yeah. for popular history. Um, I mean, I'm, I laugh because I lived it and I remember it. I remember all these scenarios and, and, and they're all described really well, just like today in the paper talking about Jim Cotton and our hour and 29 minute game, you know, who would have known that Reed came in and cost me like 10 minutes. It should have been an hour and 19 minutes. But, you still got you the know. record, buddy. You still got the record. <laughs> but I still remember that. But I mean, I, I would love to share some of this stuff with, with Pottery fans. This is, it, it's unreal. It's unbelievable. Well, I, I got the idea. I mean, why don't you kind of this week collect some of your favorites and next week when you're on, you show you little show and tell. Oh, I'd love to. All right. I mean, I'm, I've got tons. Sign me oh. up. All right. That sounds that. awesome. I'm tuning you in. Get, Whether I'm co-hosting yeah. or not, I'm tuning well, in. You, well, you just come on by and pick up some stuff, too. You could help, man. You could show some stuff. Speaking okay, of I, I got a Ellen, mask. Let's do it. Heavy stuff, stuff that blows my dress up my, you know, may not blow your dress up, so see, it, it'll be different. Well, as long as somebody's. Yeah. Excuse uh, me. Uh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> Tell us so, about yes, Ellen, We had 10 on last week. We've had multiple current players on. Go, go check out. Uh, Padres, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you like, you can find some of that. Uh, not today, though. Today, we've got uh, Scott Miller and Mackenzie Gore coming up. There's I love for everybody. We try and, Gore. Man. We try, oh, yeah. I love yeah. that. I love uh, Million-dollar question, maybe the multi-billion-dollar question, of course, is when will the Major League season begin? Uh, there was a hot Twitter rumor today, just very quickly to mention this. Uh, Trevor Plouffe, the former twin uh, who now works uh, with John Boy, uh, was a noted uh, podcaster and whatnot, uh, tweeted that he he knows that it's going to be June 1st uh, for spring training and July 1st for opening day, something like that. It's been knocked down. It was a bad rumor. Uh, obviously, that that's kind of generally what we've been hearing in terms of some of the ideas uh, the Major League Baseball is kicking around, but absolutely nothing is decided. So I hate to burst everybody's bubble if you saw the Trevor Plouffe rumor. That's what we're dealing with in 2020, uh, but uh, nothing quite there yet, just a rumor. So I just start well, there, kind of put well, that out of the way. Sorry, get, Trevor Plouffe. I mean, who do you think is going to really announce what's going to happen? Not Jeff? Trevor Plouffe. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got a pretty good idea who's going to announce this. So, uh, so I, I got a question regarding protocol on on releasing things like that because then you know Phil Hughes, Hughes later tweeted out after that 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 was uh, something that was on the table. So if down the road that statement that Plouffe made ends up becoming true. Does he get credit for being the first one to break it, or does he look oh, that like a dummy? Be, that, that's the equivalent of me saying, hey, Brady, I think it's going to rain on uh, you know November 18th. And then it rains on November 18th, and you go, hey, I'm a genius. No, I just said something, and it happened. Like You're a meteorologist yeah. is what you are. That would be very impressive, Jeff. Yeah, you'd, like, you'd be a rocket like, also, I, I heard a rumor today was the day that they retired my number on this date. Uh you know, 20 years ago or whatever. It might well, Randy, did you think about maybe sharing that with us before the show started? Well, you kidding me? I heard on the news this morning. I didn't know it. <laughs> you, you know me, guys. It's I the have, anniversary I have, of the hour and 29 minute I, game. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. You know, I just, I'm just, I just love my game and I just play it. That's all, all right. I do. As long as, long as you know the anniversary, you're good. You know, I just love this stuff. I really yeah. do. Uh, great stuff. I'm, yeah, um, you know what? You would scare me though. I'm, I'm starting to like these Mondays at five thirty. This is making me nervous, guys. Oh, don't you know? I need more. I need more. We'll okay. take great care of you. Right. Uh, one of the things that I think a lot of Padre fans uh, got together to enjoy these last few days were uh, highlights from 1984 and that run to the pennant. Uh, Fox Sports San Diego replaying those games. Did 98 a couple of weeks ago. Uh, did 1984. It was kind of an interesting thing, you know, that kind of stood out to me, Randy. And obviously, you know, I mean, you, you had a very nice long major league career. The difference in the game just in those 14 oh. years. I, I mean, 14 years is kind of a lifetime when it comes to the style of baseball, like the 98 team and the 84 team, despite the oh. fact that like, Tony Gwynn is on both teams. I, I mean, they looked almost nothing like the same kind of sport. It's amazing. No, like night and day, no doubt. And, and like, like you see, for gentlemen, I was there for both in 84 and 98. Uh, that, that 84 team was just amazing. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll get you a video. Cause I, I remember I did the live beer for Miller commercial for the world series that year, you know, because the Padres are in the World Series, I should pull that out, man. We should have that on again. Another thing that would have been nice to know before the show, Randy, if you well, want to let us know about this tidbits, man. <laughs> There's you Garvey. Know. 
Garvey's Garvey's getting after it there. So when yeah. you say you were with the club, and obviously you had retired by '84, but you would kind of come back in some capacity with the Padres. I always, you know, I was just always attached to the fans and and doing a few things for the Padres. You know, not working for them full time guys, but you know, I was still around in San Diego. I was doing pitching lessons, doing baseball camps, and and just having fun playing golf and, and charity events, and uh, you know, it just seemed I found myself down at the ballpark quite a bit, and ended up buying four tickets to the playoffs. I was down the first baseline right behind, uh, you know, right, well, right behind first base in, uh, in myself, my wife, my two daughters. And, and we were there for every single game and tailgating. We just had a great time. I'll never yeah. forget it. That's really cool. I'm just imagining somebody rolling into the lot uh, <laughs> at the Murph, you know, to tailgate. And then it's like RJ in the truck next door. That'd be, that'd be pretty exactly. cool. And yeah. Playing catch with the kids and the local, the guys next in the next RV. We were playing catch and going crazy doing, you know, it was, it was nuts. It was a lot of fun, man. It was great. Brady, let me, let me ask you from a fan's perspective, does, uh, I just, you know, mentioned how different it looks 98 and 84. Does 2006 baseball 14 years ago now look as different today as those two things did? I actually think it does. It really, I feel like it has transformed um, just, and, and part of it could just be like HD cameras, you know, maybe it's yeah. not necessarily if you're, at the the ballpark watching the game maybe the the change wouldn't be that great but you know you see things like um like i've seen stats that are like you know the the i don't know i don't know when it was when this happened but like jose canseco's rookie card is as old now as it was when it came out versus you know mickey mantles was when it came out you know in 1988 and like trying to wrap my head around that you know you know theory is crazy but the way that baseball changes uh, over just a short amount of time, less than 20 years in, in spans, it's, it is pretty wild that you can tell the errors. And like I said, part of that probably is like if we had 4K HD cameras from 84, who knows? Maybe it would matter. I, once again, Uncle Teddy interrupting me. It's just what he does. <laughs> that was Brady saying that, not me, just for the record. <laughs> here's, uh, here's 2004 footage. Uh, but see, the like, fact that there's those blurry lines on the side because they don't have the full wide screen, it's funny. I don't know, like, but to me, like, the, Khalil Green looks like he could play today. Jimmy Carter maybe has lost a little bit on his fastball, but, I, I mean, this – you're right. I mean, the, the HD thing is part of it, but watching the actual baseball footage, you know, I don't know. Barry Bonds, I, like, not trying in the outfield, that that plays today. <laughs> yeah, I do th- – I do. You're, you're right. I mean, that's what I said. If you're there watching it – like, yeah. to me, as I watch the game on the field, I don't – I feel like Khalil could still be out there. Man, I love Khalil. He's like my favorite shortstop in Padres history until Tatis came, of course. And now, well, now it's going to be a Tatis-Khalil battle with my heart. But, yeah, you're right. It, it, I don't think it's as much now from Khalil's era to now as it was from, you know, yeah. 84 to 98. It's interesting. Randy, by the way, the anniversary of your number being retired is May 9th, so we're not quite there yet. We haven't missed it. Well, good, good. I just, I mean, it, it was brought up this morning when I was having coffee. Well, if you heard it on you the know, news of the internet, I'm sure it's true. It, 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 you yeah. know me, I, I really wasn't kind of paying attention. I mean, that's nice. Good, good. You didn't well, fact we, check it, Randy? Sure. I we checked it. We checked you know, it. I, you know, I don't do that very well, guys. <laughs> All right. It well, is. I know uh, we're going to talk about it on but, the ninth. But I have some really neat junk for you guys coming yeah, up. Yeah, I'm excited. These shows, man. I've what? got some, I got some stuff that's cracked me up when I started reading it. I went, whoa. Excuse Come me, what, what's the coolest thing you've uncovered so far? Oh, jeez. A couple of conversations of, of myself and, and Mark the Bird Fidrich in the 76, you know, uh, all-star okay. game. Wow. You know, boy, yeah, what a dumbass he is, man. I, I know, but I shouldn't say that. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> but hey, it was nuts. I mean, there, there was some crazy stuff. And it just, it, it just goes on and on. I I just, uh, you talk about laugh. I just, I've had a, I've had a fun time doing this all the time on my hands. Uh, incredible. The baseball, the baseball stories in history that I've, I've looked around and it, it'll, it'll, it, it sparks other memories of, of what went on in, in my career. And I, uh, yeah, it's just been fun. It's yeah. been kind of a kick. It really well, is. I'm very much uh, looking forward to seeing that. Uh, we are now, let's see, uh, by my count, four hours and 14 minutes away from the opening of the KBO season, that is the Korean Baseball Organization. I think they were originally supposed to start 
uh, March 28th, March 20th, somewhere around there. Uh, and for obvious reasons, uh, the start of their season has been pushed back, but they are ready to go at least initially without fans. And uh, all the teams in the KBO in action tonight, I say tonight, it's a two o'clock uh, start in the afternoon local time in South Korea. Uh, but at 10 p.m. Pacific, the season gets underway. And uh, so obviously it's an opportunity to look back at the uh, preseason standings in the KBO. So we're going to start with this. And, and I don't do it because it means anything. I do it because our team, guys, our whiz, KT, uh, the second team, they went 4-1-1 one, and one in, I don't know if they call it Cactus League play, probably not. Uh, but they had a very good exhibition season. Uh, you know, I know these games don't count, but you don't want to go 0-4-2. That's as old as uh, baseball gets. You, you, that's They've been saying that since the 1800s. You don't want to go 0-4-2 in your exhibition season, but that's what uh, that one team did. But KT went 4-1-1. and one. The Wiz will get uh, their season underway today. And, you know, we've been having some fun with this. We're going to follow the Wiz. We're going to be really into it. And a neat piece of news broke out today <laughs> that uh, every uh, every game, every week or every day that there is a game, one will be on ESPN here in the States, both live and then replayed uh, in the afternoon because obviously the, the times kind of are what they are. Uh, but 10 o'clock tonight, that gets underway. And we're going to have an opportunity, guys, to watch like real baseball. Uh, Jeff Passan, who I think is going to be on the show tomorrow, by the way, is, he gives you the schedule here. You can find this. Uh, so tonight, NC Dinos at Samsung Lions. Uh, or, or, and yes. Who the starting pitchers, man? Give me a, give me a break, man. Come well, I, you know, I don't have these guys, but you know who I do got? Ooh. I got the starting pitching for us. We'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. I got to go in order here for Cole. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, so the Wiz, that's the team we're picking uh, in part because of who their opening day starter is. Uh, I've also got a very talented first baseman. He was the rookie of the year a couple of years ago. They've also got some swag. Uh, if the KBO is known for one thing, fairly or unfairly, here in the U.S. the last couple of years, it's been bat flips. Check this sucker out uh, from that that last exhibition game, which I believe was a 17-15 win. That Jeez. is Brady Phelps, some of the best bat flipping you'll ever see. I need to see it again in slow-mo. Look at this. 15, Look at this. 15 times. It's amazing. Oh, I got cut off there. Here we go. Oh, yeah. It's almost going a little too fast to be even able to really. There it oh is. How my. good is that? He knew the second he hit it and he flipped it with authority. I just love it. I, I can oh. eat bat flips for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's just, I love it. I love it. I can't get enough of it. Keep, so that's one of our coming. guys. That, oh, was, uh, that was stellar the other day. And again, they won that game, their final exhibition, 17-15. So they're all tuned up, ready to go uh, for opening day. As mentioned, there will be no fans uh, at the ballpark, at least at the start of the KBO season. And that's such an interesting thing because we've talked about that here in the U.S. as obviously the very real possibility that if and when sports returns, at least initially, it, it'll be without fans. Um, but one of the teams has gotten very creative. Uh, with this, we've seen robots, we've seen cardboard cutouts. SK Wyverns actually on their big video board in center field has done basically a Zoom call. Um, and so they have fans who can check in on Zoom. I don't know if this is audio and video. Um, I, I don't know where this ranks, guys, in, in terms of like the ideas to try and add some atmosphere. But Randy, like just quickly reacting off the top of my head, this feels a little disconcerting to me. Umpires did not approve this. Umpires. <laughs> Did not approve this move. You know, I, you never, it's number one. It might be one thing in, in their league. If we did this in the United States, uh, umpires aren't going to buy this because I guarantee you half of those Zoom people are going to be all over the umpire. <laughs> and they should. That's just what we do. That's just that's nature of baseball. You know, I mean, I, that's the one part I do miss about this game, you know, being so nice to umpires. I just, you know, it is not that I dislike umpires. They don't get me wrong. I, I do. I, like I do. I dislike I, I, I do not. I do not dislike them, but I sure like to argue with them and second guess them. I think that's such a great part of the game and it has been since I was a little boy. And, you Are know. you good friends with any MLB umpire? That's what Ro uh, Robert Woodward, Woodward's asking. Well, I, you know, I like Joe. Joe West is probably one of my brothers, man. I love Joe oh, West. Oh, Cowboy Joe? Oh, we uh, we argued and we've argued, you know, since inception. He actually he was behind the plate for games that I pitched, and he's still out there, and yeah, you know. Yeah. And I've known him forever, and and it uh, is it was just amazing. And you know, I mean, I like arguing with those guys. I might I I invite all of them to my golf tournament, just you know, for free as a celebrity. <laughs> hoping I hoping I get one pitch in the next ten years. 
It never worked. It never. I never got one bitch. Not one. That's good. I didn't expect to uncover not, that you were bribing umpires on the show. If, you, if, if, you're, not, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Come Action on. Limitations have long expired. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Joe West, interesting, by the way, because he gets he gets a bad rap and, and maybe some of it's deserved, you know, with some of the confrontation and stuff like that. Um, but one, I, I think he's a character generally who's good for baseball. But putting that aside uh, two, I've asked a lot of pitchers in the last six, seven years. Hey, who who's best at balls and strikes? His name comes up an awful lot. An yes. awful lot. Now, as pitchers, so I don't know that hitters necessarily agree with that, um, but a lot of pitchers will say he's consistent. He's not getting fooled by the hitters. He's not taking any you-know-what from any of the hitters. He right. sets up very consistently over the plate. So a lot of pitchers, RJ, they, they enjoy throwing with, with Joe West behind the plate. That's because he also he grew with the baseball being down, down in the strike zone. I mean, that was big when he first broke in and where Doug Harvey, John Kibler, uh, you know, all these Lee Wire. The Randy Jones, he used to throw I mean, down just, in the zone. But, yeah, but just a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of veteran umpires then, that's where he was taught. So he's not afraid to call the low pitch, you know, and more worse, you'll notice that Joe, he'll call the low pitch before he'll call the high strike. Yeah. Uh, and that's just the nature of him growing up and, you know, and uh, he he's really got no tolerance. He didn't have any forty years ago, and he still doesn't have any tolerance. He's he, you know he just gets grumpy. Jesse, in all of your asking of major league ball players, did anyone say Angel Hernandez? <laughs> yeah, that's, shocked to hear that. That's, a, that's the dumbest question I've ever. Angel, I mean, there's a lot of guys. You know, they're not going to do wolf name comes up a fair amount. Uh, as, as Jordan, a Baker? Who, Jordan Baker, did he get any love? Angel no, Hernandez? I, I didn't think so. Yeah. I'm not trying to kill I, the umpire. Will, so, uh, about the Zoom, uh, you know, we get a yeah. lot of uh, commentary coming in about B- Zoom games. Now, my assumption is that it is a little bit weird, right? Because the only two people who would be able to see that Zoom is the batter, and I doubt that they have it live, you know, during the at bat or the catcher. Everybody else, it's to their back. So it's like an in-between inning, let's get encouraged. And if so, do they have volume or is it just weird, right. like you said, videos? And how does it – but I do feel like they probably – it's like a merging of the current uh, coronavirus atmosphere of Zoom Zoom after Zoom after Zoom combined with what Pecco really already does when you can put up your Instagram and Twitter pictures and get up on the, on the big screen. So they obviously are stealing from Pecco, so good work. Uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, if it is live with sound, Stellar, probably not going to last very long, but no Stellar, way. also it's going to be funny, right? Because there's going to be delays. You know, I mean, that's just, we all know, like doing this, doing a Zoom call, you always get a little bit of a delay. So there's going to be some call they don't like, and it's going to be like eight seconds later, they're all going to be complaining about it. And like the game will have moved on. But uh, anyway, it could be, it could be kind of an interesting thing. So uh, we are all in, as we said, on KT Wiz. Um, one of the major, major reasons why is the man on the hill. For the Wiz tonight, our old friend nearly threw a no-hitter in a Padre uniform on a Sunday afternoon not that long ago against the New York Mets. Old number 40, O.D., Odrisa Meredith. Wow. So not only is he on the Wiz, he is their opening day starter. So he's he's at the ballpark now, man. He's, like, getting ready to go uh, to, to do his thing on opening day. Odrisa Meredith, RJ, you got to spend some time around this. He was a different cat. He pitched differently. His personality was different, but he was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, but also, you know, and the one thing about Odrisa, he knew how to pitch. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's the difference. It wasn't a power guy. I mean, you're not watching a paddock. There were a Lamette out there. He had to change speeds, move the ball around, you know, turn this over, cut that. Um, and, you know, and that I no doubt in my mind that that's what you're going to see, you know, again today. How old is he now, though? Uh, like 62, 63. No, no. Come on now. He ain't not old. But, but he's overall, you know, his jersey number. Yeah. He, yeah, he might be around that that, that area. You know, he might have lied the first five years. So I don't I, know. I just like to think about if uh, OD in the clubhouse, like, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that come into Major League Baseball and there's, um, you know, a language barrier. But I would imagine that any – Anybody who you know doesn't already speak Korean, there's probably that same language barrier when they go into the into the clubhouse um, in the Korean baseball league. So it's um, interesting to see how characters translate. You know when when you know communicating is harder, and so you, you I'd imagine what, having but, a parrot on your shoulder would make it easier, though. Yeah, but you know what? Twofold though. I mean, I think that 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 guy going in uh, needing a translator, whatever you might do. 
you know, but you no, know, he's been around, he's failed. I mean, and he, and I, and I say that in a positive direction, you know, where he's gotten burned in, in the big leagues and you, know, you get your butt kicked here and there. And that's how you learn how to play this game, how to pitch in this, in, in this, these situations, you know, and that's what Arishmir is bringing to some of these younger kids is that experience and how to handle that failure. You know, you know, that that's that could that could be insurmountable for some of these young kids and understanding what it takes to get to the level that they want to get to. We'll talk more about the KBO with uh, Scott Miller uh, Bleacher Report coming up in just a few minutes. He has a lot of insight on uh, the way things are going over there. He's been talking to a lot of the guys who are there now. So we picked KT Wiz as our team. I want to say about two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago on this show. We just kind of we went through it. We said we don't want to pick one of the top teams and be front runners. Um, we kind of liked the nickname and the logo and the uniform. You know, all the reasons you pick a team to follow and you got nothing else to go on. Uh, Despagne was kind of the thing that put it over the edge. I think we said, all right, if they got OD, uh, we're going to go with this. Uh, so this, again, was like weeks ago when we made those decisions. How about today, the guy on Twitter, Baseball Brit, who has, he's British, hence the Brit. Uh, he's really been one of the main KBO tweeters the last couple of years. He put this up yesterday, I guess, and he tried to do rough equivalents of you know KBO teams to major league teams just in terms of like history and all that kind of stuff and look at that right in the middle of the tweet KT Wiz equals Padres so I say we knock this thing out of the park because this guy who lived in South Korea for a time big baseball fan uh he knows a lot more about the KBO and the feel of all the organizations obviously than we do but this made me feel very good Brady like like okay we were definitely on the right track with the Wiz you didn't need any affirmation that you picked the right team. You knew that it was the right thing to do. But Baseball Brit obviously did nothing but affirm you. And, you know, we could all use a little bit of an emotional boost from time to time. So I really feel happy for you. You made the right decision for us as a collective fan base. That's it. And uh, it's nice It's nice to see the British are, are on board. Excuse me, Brady. If you Brady, I was talking. I was talking to Jesse. I had a nice conversation. Yeah, I know yeah, you're going to tear I, me down right now. No, 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 no. I just want. I'm inviting you down. I want you to come out this week. Come out okay. and, and spend a morning or afternoon with me in the barn. You know, I need somebody to slap around, and I want you. <laughs> I want to. I want to. Yeah, you. I'm honored. I'm honored. I got. I got my social distancing I'm, mask. I'm going to I'm stay. I'm going to stay six yeah, feet away. KBO, we'll talk about Odrissimir. We'll, we'll talk about the monkeys. We'll, we'll do some different weird stuff. But you come on in, bud. All right. If you're going to physically abuse me, you're going to have to do it with a baseball because I'm not coming within arm length of you to actually slap me. Okay. And I and I have everything here we need. You know, I just want you to know that. Oh, I man. do. I'm moving yeah, right on to the next thing. I don't know what's happening, and I don't want to go any further with it. Hey, no, I'm going to videotape and get it ready for the following Monday. Come no, on. Please do. Yeah, we'll we'll roll the video if it exists. Uh, we got, we got very well. uh, yeah. uh, Bob Clappage wrote a piece in Bleacher Report over the weekend, uh, bringing it back to MLB and uh, you know some of the different ideas. And again, we've heard all like the different theories of the, what baseball might look like after this, and will there be rule changes, and you know will they experiment with stuff in 2020 if they're able to play games? He was, I thought, very kind of forceful in in a couple of things that he wrote. One of which was this idea to have. Uh, like, you know, soccer in a lot of international countries, uh, like a, an A-League and a B-League, you know, with relegation and promotion um, and that, you know, like it would it would go against tanking. I, I'm all for creative problem solving. I'm all for thinking out of the box. Brady, I have an incredibly difficult time imagining any scenario in which Major League Baseball ever goes to a promotion and relegation system. Mm. Yeah, I I. This is, um, I feel like I'm reading an Onion article, to be honest. So I I can't imagine this would go down or be accepted. And uh, I, but then at the same time, you know, fans, if you presented this to them, if it was this or nothing, they probably all would choose this because they just want their their fix of Major well, League Baseball. It has anything specifically to do with this year. I think he was saying, like, coming out of this when we get back to normal, whatever that looks like. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't see that translating. I mean, like... That's that's nuts. I yeah. I'm in agreement with you there. Okay, Randy, would that ever work? Would players ever 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 consider going for anything like that? No, no. That's, it's, I don't even want to talk about. That's stupid. He you was know, kind of stupid. We're not doing that. No. Yeah, okay. Let's play. Let's play the game. You know, Randy is Come on. We do. You know. You know. You you all know what we need to do, and I think the baseball knows what we need to do. And we got to put it together where it works and everybody's secure and safe. You know, 
and get baseball back, get it back, you know, on TV. And, you know, I'm not, let's not reinvent the wheel here. We've been around for what, 140 years. Let's not forget that. Randy, you know, do you think that there's tanking in Major League Baseball to get better draft choices? No. You don't think that happens? Are you kidding me? They're not that good. You know, <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I mean, that, that means you might as well bet on the bad new bears. Come on, man. You, you, you can't, you can't tank. And, bad news bears were pretty underrated. You, I just want to throw you, that but out you, there. You can't predict anything in this game. You can't set that up. No, no way. No yeah. way. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's kind of a silly thing. All right, uh, Scott Miller is our a good friend. You see him all the time on Fox Sports San Diego, great baseball writer. He wrote a good piece in Bleacher Report uh, at some point in the last couple of days about the KBO, about some of the American guys, including former Padre Casey Kelly, uh, who are over there right now, kind of trying to make it work. I had the opportunity to chat with Scott earlier today about what's going on in South Korea and what could be coming here to the U.S. Well, Scott, thank you very much for joining us and uh, very good to see a familiar face. That's a big part of what this show has been all about. And uh, it's worthwhile, certainly just for that. Great story, as mentioned, uh, on the KBO getting underway later tonight. If you could maybe just walk us through a little bit what they're doing from a health standpoint to try and make this thing work. Yeah, they're, uh, it, it, it's interesting because some of what they're doing there, Jesse, I think we may see here. Uh, in the States, if we can, you know, hopefully whenever we could get this season underway and some of what they're doing, uh, obviously they're playing, they're beginning their season with no fans. The players, as they are taken to the ballparks, there's one entrance in and out of the ballpark. They're going in, a, you know, they're not going through various entrances. There's one they go through. And as they enter, they're being, their temperatures are being taken. Um, you know, precautionary reasons. If anybody's got a temperature, they immediately are going to be pulled out of line. Um, so that's happening. They're, the KBO has recommended to the players that they wear masks in the clubhouse. They're not wearing masks on the field. At least I don't think we'll see that when the season openers kick off here uh, soon. Um, umpires, on the other hand, are wearing masks and gloves on the field. At least they were during the exhibition season. One other thing that you're seeing uh with the, the KBO players, the guys I talked to told me that the league has had them download an app onto their smartphones. And it's essentially a form of contact tracing. Um, any health information they have, they're supposed to upload into the app uh, when their temperatures are taken. Um, also, if somebody's found to have coronavirus or COVID-19 anywhere in the country, the government and the league will will put that information into the players' apps. And it's especially valuable. The American guys were telling me, the former major leaguers like Dan Straley and Casey Kelly, the former Padre, it's especially valuable because, you know, those guys don't have quite the lay of the land in South Korea as obviously the natives do. So if, say, someone is found to test positive for COVID-19, at a, and they were at a particular subway stop, for example, that information is transmitted to the players so that, hey, if you happen to have been at that subway stop, you need to get tested. We may need to make sure you're tested. And secondly, if you weren't at that particular subway stop, don't go there because somebody was tested positive there. So various things like that are going on and, and they're hopeful that they can, you know, as a country, South Korea has done a real nice job of containing uh, the the COVID nineteen, and they're hoping that uh, it's going to get better and better as the summer goes along. There. Well, one more virus question before we jump into the baseball aspect of the KBO, which of course uh, is, is, I guess, the main thing. Um, you mentioned that. I mean, it's not exactly an apples to apples thing. Obviously, with the United States, it's a much smaller country, different populations, different behaviors, different laws, everything like that. But but there are still things I'm sure that MLB can take away from this experience. Yeah. Yeah, no question. I talked to somebody in the commissioner's office, a couple of people in the commissioner's office last week uh, while, while writing the story. And yeah, they, they, they to, I was told there's no question. They're, the MLB is watching the KBO and not only the KBO, Jesse, but they're watching uh, all sports globally, such as the soccer in Europe. MLB is taking notes on you know whatever the soccer teams in Europe are doing. Might that might they be able to glean something good out of that that they could put to use here in MLB? They're watching the KBO and taking notes. And, yeah, it's not 
a complete apples to apples situation. But, you know, the way baseball is looking at it right now, you know, behind the scenes, so many ideas, whether it's playing in Arizona, Arizona, Florida, Texas, or, or teams playing in their home stadiums nationally, uh, whatever it is, whatever idea gets going, the hope from MLB, you know, they figure if they can, if there's even one or two things going on in Korea that could be helpful, they're going to use them. There's one or two things going on in soccer in Europe or with that the NBA does right now. Uh, it's all hands on deck to try to get this season saved and, and get the game back on the field. Collect as much information as possible. That's uh, the business everybody's in right now. Uh, as for a baseball standpoint, obviously a lot of eyes are going to be on this uh, in this country much more than usual just because we're so starved for any kind of live sports action, and that's what we're getting. So having talked to, to those guys that you talked to, and again, the article was really fascinating, uh, what have you found, aside from the pandemic aspect, uh, the biggest adjustments for them are getting ready to play baseball there? Um, you know, certainly culturally, but, um, you know, most of the, the guys said that the teams make it real easy for them. I think probably, you know, maybe just a different mindset. I talked to Josh Lindblom, who pitched in South Korea the last three years before over this winter signing a deal with the Milwaukee Brewers. So Josh is back now and, and on hiatus along with everybody else. But you know, it was interesting talking with him because he has three kids. He and his wife have three kids, and they all lived together over in Korea the past three years while he pitched there. And, you know, Josh said they they immersed themselves in the culture as much as possible. He learned enough Korean to order at restaurants in Korean. He said that was always kind of comical that, uh, you know, the waitresses or waiters had come up to get the order, and then he'd start, you know, a Caucasian American looking guy, he dropped some Korean on them and they he said they were always surprised, but that's how much they love their time in Korea. And one, one thing Josh told me, he said, he's not surprised that they're doing well in that country because of, he, he found it interesting. It's a different mindset, you know, over here, the Western mindset, you know, more things are about individuals and my personal freedom where he said in South Korea, it's it's the Eastern mindset. It's what's good for the group. You know, in, in other words, what's good, what you do, Jesse, what I do, it affects the group. And the thinking over there is the group is the most important. So obviously it's a different mindset than than it is here. And, uh, you know, that was an awakening as well to the Americans I talked to over there that are playing. But they all so to a man, everybody I talked to said they really have enjoyed it. Uh, it's been a fairly easy transition and they like the culture and they like the mindset. What about the level of baseball? I mean, not that I care. I'm going to be watching because I need some baseball in my <laughs> life. But it's a question I know a lot of fans have. There's only so much Netflix you can watch. <laughs> you know, yeah, live will be good. Yeah, yeah. baseball, they they all agree. It's, um, you know, most scouts will tell you it's it's maybe like double to triple A type baseball, that level. Um, but they have 10 teams there and I've told the fans, uh, as they are in Japan, they're really into the games. Uh, they sing, they chant, they're active and rowdy throughout the whole game. That'll be something else too. A couple of the guys I talked with that have played there last year, like Casey Kelly, uh, you know, said he, he talked about how, what a different experience the game is because of the fans. However, as we know, it's going to be different yet because as the season starts, those rowdy fans that sing and dance and have their chance won't be in the ballpark. I guess that leads to the the logical next question, which is, do you have any sense guesses having watched baseball your entire life professionally for much of it, how the game itself could be impacted by, by quiet ballparks? You know, we read and talked a lot last week on the anniversary of that White Sox Oriole games in Baltimore when there was nobody there that, that one afternoon. And the guys talked about you could hear everything from the bench, from the broadcast booth, that kind of stuff on the field. I mean, there could be things that, that really require great adjustment, I imagine. Yeah, I think so. I, I, possibly starting with the field level microphones for the <laughs> television broadcast, because they may be picking up some things that um, uh, normally crowds might, uh, the crowd noise might uh, uh, overwhelm. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be different, uh, at least assuming we can get the season started and it's, it'll start at least initially with no fans. Um, you know, I mean, when a coach, 
scream something from the dugout to the pitcher or to one of his fielders. Obviously, the players on the other side are going to hear every single word. Um, I think it'll be interesting. The, the the level of focus and concentration, because so many players you talk to, Jesse, here, um, no under normal times, talk yeah, you know, ask about the crowd noise or some of those points you get to where after a game you might ask a guy, were you nervous here or there for a big pitch? Or, and, and, and the hitter oftentimes, and the pitcher too, will say, you know what, when the moment came to deliver the pitch or the hitter will say when, when the pitch was coming, it's almost like they're in their own vacuum and they, they don't hear the crowd noise. And, um, you know, in fact, I talked to, a, I did a story before in February before spring training stopped uh, about some pitchers who were rat, batted around pretty good by the Houston Astros. Because if we go back to that for just a minute, the one thing about the trash can banging of the Astros that I think a lot of people wondered, and I wondered, and that's why I talked to a number of pitchers that had faced them, was how could you go through an entire season and not hear that trash can banging? You know, if you're a pitcher, opposing pitcher, you would have thought somebody would have heard something. Well, a number of pitchers I talked to said, you know, when I'm on the mound, my focus is so high, I'm unaware of things around me. I don't even hear what my infielders are yelling at me unless they walk to the mound and make it a point to get my attention. And I don't hear crowd noise. And that I found interesting. And that was under some discussion, especially around that Astros trash can banging. But I do wonder now if it'll be the opposite, if the silence will be so weird that these players that are accustomed to blocking out the crowd noise I wonder now if when they're on the field and they're focused, they're going to be uh, it's going to be a distraction that there is no noise. We always say baseball, like everything is a game of adjustments. We've been adjusting our lives. Uh, If and when baseball returns in this country, there will certainly be adjustments there as well. Let me end with that, Scott. I, I mean, I guess we're asking the question every single day. What do you hear? I mean, anything? Is it all pretty much, you know, the same? You mentioned earlier those plans that have been thrown out there. It seems to me still like we're in kind of information gathering mode, not much else. No, yeah, I agree. People I talk to at commissioner office level, ownership level, players union level, uh, you know, as I've made calls and talked to people over the past couple of weeks, I think what strikes me, Jesse, is I think baseball is doing what it should be doing in terms of of looking at multiple models of how to get back on the field, whether it's the everybody plays in Arizona model or the Arizona, Florida, Texas, or whatever. One thing that I find a little frustrating is every time something leaks, you have a national frenzy, like, oh, my God, baseball's going to come back. Everybody's going to be quarantined in Arizona. The one word of caution I would say to everybody is, we're not to a point yet That's where, where, where any one thing is the plan. That's why I liked uh, Commissioner Rob Manford a couple of weeks ago during a television interview. He said, I think maybe a better word than plan is idea. And, and everything I've heard, I think that's exactly right. Baseball has a number of different ideas under different scenarios to get the game back on the field. And they can't know which idea – is going to be the best until we get to a point we're starting to get there now with different states beginning to open up, but also until the CDC advises more. I mean, the CDC, last we heard from them until mid-May, they advised against any gatherings of more than 50 or not. Now, as we get a little bit deeper into May, and we ought to be getting close to that point, we're going to have to hear something else from the CDC, whether they say, now we need to keep that no more than 50 for several more weeks, or maybe they'll ease things up. I don't know. But all of that factors into what baseball's, you know, baseball's decision on how and when to come back. So a lot of ideas right now. Everybody would like to get the game back on the field. A little premature until we see what happens in various states and with the CDC, I think, to know which plan or idea is going to be the best. Multifaceted, to say the least. Uh, Scott Miller, Bleacher Report, great story on the KBO, which, of course, is the talk of baseball right now. Uh, A couple of days ago, enjoyed that very much. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Scott, great to see you, and uh, thanks so much. Take care. 
see you and your family and everybody watching. Stay safe and hope to see everybody at the ballpark soon. Now, Scott Miller, Bleacher Report, Fox Sports San Diego. Earlier today, bring back in Randy Jones uh, and Brady Phelps. And, and before we move on, guys, I'll, I'll ask you two kind of the same question that we were kicking around with Scott. Let, let's, again, pretend there's no fans out there, how much that could impact the game on the field. He says, hey, some guys like to feed off the energy. Some guys, they can't hear it. Randy, I know you've said that, that when you were going good, you didn't hear anything going on. But like right. from a dugout to field perspective, or maybe even a catcher umpire perspective, there will be things that are going to have to be different, right? Oh, there's got to be a lot of things different. But I think overall, to go just get into a game situation uh, where you're competing, um, and, and guys, that's what it's all about. That's what we've done. Even, even you two, when you were kids playing in your backyard, we competed the best we could, you know, may have been pretty for you guys in certain situations, Easy. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, all right. Right. all right. I might have been a little bit of a dig and I apologize, but I mean, I think overall these, these guys, once you start competing, it's, it's, it's your pride. It's, it's, it, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just fans and the response for adrenaline. It's your, uh, you just, you know, hey, you're competitive and you want, you want to do the best you can do all the time, whoever that pitcher out there is. You know, it doesn't matter or who the hitter is. You, you know, you, you have your own ego and, uh, and that's going to make it competitive enough for, you know, especially for TV, it'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, yep. Today is, is a pretty good anniversary. We alluded to it earlier in the show on this date in 1977. Randy Jones and Jim Cott squared off. <laughs> and 89 minutes later, the ball game was over. And the Padres had a 4-1 win behind RJ. First of all, 89 minutes. I know we talk about this every year, but every year it's like a staggering thing to say out loud. An hour and 29 minutes. Randy, we'll we'll talk about it. Obviously, you were a very quick worker. Jim Cott, also a very quick worker. Kind of a perfect storm in that uh, perspective. But something I had either forgotten about or somehow didn't know until I went back to the box score today. You were two for four with a double and a run scored. I know. I, it was amazing. I mean, Jimmy kept giving me fastballs. What a dope, man. Throw me the slider. I can't hit one. That you is know? no way to slow up a game is to get a bunch of base well, hits. Well, I definitely, hey, if you're going to throw me a fastball, I'm swinging. I'm hacking, man. I did. <laughs> he tried to get ahead of me, and, you know, and I'm whacking whack a couple of fastballs. It was pretty It was pretty slick. I mean, everything was perfect. It was the perfect scenario until they, they, they pulled Jimmy. You know, I, I already was up by two or three runs or whatever it was, and you know, they weren't going to win anyway, but you know, Kenny Reed was the, uh, bolt, the relief pitcher. Look at that. Look at that handsome oh. double. And so all I know is Kenny Reed was a human rain delay. He was slower than dirt. You know, he's about six, five and took forever. I mean, that game could really, really could have been an hour and 20 minutes. If it, you, they hadn't brought him in. I'm not kidding you. When you the know. game was over, did you like, did you have any feeling that this was something different. Than, I mean, because you because you're a fast worker, um, I don't know how much you pay attention to when the other guy on the mound is also a fast worker. And so, when it was over, did you know that oh, like we did something that is kind no. of unprecedented at the time? It was just another game, right? Yeah, just just another game. I knew it was a quick game because of the way the way Jim pitched. Uh, I mean, if you watch video of him and he changed his windup, or just a quick windup. He quick pitched everybody, to be blunt, you know, and I loved it. I mean, he was just aggressive, and and uh, I was the same way. We were strike throwers. We pitched to contact, and uh, I had no idea that it would set any kind of record. I just knew it was a quick game, and the, the one thing I did know is I was winning. That's what I knew. Uh, let me ask you this, too. I mean, you, you mentioned the reliever who came in for the Phils, who was the human rain delay at the time. If yeah. you put him in today's game, would he be one of the fastest workers in the league? <laughs> great oh, no. point. Yeah, great point. He'd be average. He'd be pretty average. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't even like. I swear, man. Yeah. yeah. And again, you know, Kenny, he was a big guy, like six, seven. Yeah, you know, yeah, big, tall drink of water, but he just took forever. He grew two yeah. inches in the last minute, which is pretty uh, impressive. Yeah, he, he, give, give me ten minutes, he'd be seven foot. <laughs> Shut up! All right. I feel like eighty-nine minutes. <laughs> we've we've been talking for eighty-nine minutes. So yeah. really good. Like, hey, you, here's what I here's what I got. I've got a bobblehead dog. Do you have a bobblehead? No, I don't, Randy. I'm just a schmuck that has no business being on the show. You have yeah. a bobblehead. See, I don't. I, 
I have this, this, and next week I'll have the white uniform, the the home unit. Oh, oh, both. I bet you our buddy RJ Fro has that bobblehead. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Cy Young Award is hidden away, but the bobblehead is ready to be held up at any moment. Cy Young's heavy, dude. It's, <laughs> it's been in there 25 years. Get over it, man. Well, I would kind of have that right above the whole thing. All right, I'll pull it out, man. I can put that in my lap. I mean, it's Thank heavy. You. Man. Eighty nine. Like the Scott Miller interview. Really good, by the way. 13 yeah, minutes. Fantastic. Randy Jones it. and Jim Cott, 89 minutes to play eight and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. It was it was it was absolutely amazing, guys. It really was. And you know, you know who else loves that? The umpires at that point Welcome in time absolutely love the umpires love that. You're throwing strikes, we're nibbling, you know, slider sinker. Um, you know, and they're ringing everybody up, swing the bat boys. You know, and, and, and hitters know that. They know they got to swing the bat. And that yeah, was those, that was those guys old. weren't getting paid by the hour. They were thrilled hey, with you. It was old school baseball, man. It was we were just playing deep cutting across, and it was it was so. Did much you fun. find one of these programs in your garage stash of uh, nine thousand pounds of memorabilia? At least three times I ran into that one. Yes, <laughs> I mean, with Raleigh you, popping in, sniffing your. Yeah, own you, yeah, you guys just come on in, man. I'll show you all of it. You can have it. You know, hey. I just, I've got hey. dupes. Yeah. Yeah, Butch Metzger. I can give you a great example of Butch Metzger in '76. Let's hear yeah, it, he, Randy. Well, yeah, I, I had uh, I had 40 starts. I was 22 and 14. I had four no decisions, and I just want you to know those four no decisions I had. I had a lead in the eighth inning, you know, and all four of those. Oh boy! And Butch screwed all of them up. Oh boy! How about that? Wow! There's my. Le- four- there's my four no decisions, gentlemen, right yeah. there, Butch. Your legendary record could have been uh, four wins more legendary, huh? Oh, yeah, and if I hadn't gotten beat, you know, one to nothing five times, I might have won 30. That was the yeah. runs the other thing I've heard you talk a lot about. It yeah. was not always uh, there. <laughs> yeah. No, well, it was the first half when you went 16, it was always there, boys. I was getting three or four runs a game. I mean, and in, in the old days, that's a ton of runs. Okay, yeah, so three or four into the game now, that doesn't do you, you much. In the yeah, but you better win with three or four in the old days. You had to win, you know. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, so on this fun. date, 1977, 89 minutes, a 4-1 win. Randy, of course, goes the distance. Do you know how many pitchers gave up a run on four hits? Does one anybody one, know? Strike out. Let does them anybody, get themselves out. Huh? Does anybody know how many? Out. Come on. How many pitches did I throw that night? Like does anybody know? Nine and eight. 89. Um, uh, no, uh, pitch a minute. Close, 84. Oh, 84. Wow. It was 84 pitch a night. Yeah, I was really hoping my answer was correct on that one. You were, hey, you're right in the ballpark, though. Good yeah, Speaking right. of correct answer, I, it was in 1977, and I know Jesse and you both hate Star Wars. It is May the 4th. 1977 <laughs> yeah. was when the first release, release date was. It was like, well, yeah. I don't know, like 20 something days later than now. Wow. Why do you hate Star Wars? You got buddy, if, if you don't come out next week, you don't have a hair. Come on. Get, come on out. <laughs> get Disney Plus and start catching up. Now's the time. Come Star on Wars. out. I, come on out. Man, I'll give you some Star Wars. I, stuff. I don't feel safe around you. Really. <laughs> I mean, did you hear that, Jesse? He thinks I'm going to kill him or something. He's fine. Is there, let me know, is there a difference between Star Wars and Star Trek, or is that the same thing? Oh, yeah. Do you say that any of these guys? Oh, 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 oh. I yeah, love dude. you, Jesse. I May love you, with you, Jess. May the fourth be with you. Yeah. RJ, of course, uh, the first great lefty in Padre history. We're hoping the next great lefty in Padre history is a young man from Whiteville, North Carolina, named Mackenzie Gore. Uh, won nice. a championship last year at Double A with the Amarillo Sod Poodles. Uh, was in big league camp for the first time this spring. We enjoyed getting to watch him work in what was unfortunately an abbreviated exhibition season. Earlier today, Mackenzie was nice enough to check in so we could see how he's doing. Well, Mackenzie, good to see you. Not uh, exactly how I expected to see you in uh, May of 2020, but that's life, I guess, uh, for all of us. Glad to hear you and your family uh, are doing okay. What is uh, quarantine life like for Mackenzie Gore right now? Uh, Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, It's just, you know, doing your more like an off-season thing with the baseball, and then there's a lot of hanging out. So uh, trying to stay as busy as I can, but, you know, also trying to stay safe. What uh, what kind of hanging out do you do? What are you? Is it video games? Is it Netflix? So what's what's Mackenzie Gore used to fill those hours without baseball? 
Uh, yeah, there's some video games. I'm um, not very good at them, but I do uh, play it some. And then there's also a lot of golf in my uh, schedule. So a lot of golf and video games. That's what most of my days are. It does sound like the offseason. How much baseball stuff are you doing right now? Obviously, uh, had things gone to plan, uh, you'd be wherever, uh, you know, throwing every fifth day, every sixth day, whatever it might have ended up being in a game, in a competitive environment. That's not happening. So what is? Um, it's right now, it's uh, two bullpens a week. I'm just trying to stay ready. So whenever, you know, we do decide to get started up, um, I'll be ready. So really just that, um, two bullpens a week and, that's where we're at right now. Who's catching? Um, there's a lot. There's a few different people. Uh, you know, when I've been at home, it was the guy that caught me in high school. So that was easy. And uh, try not to get too many different people, but just a few few guys here and there that, you know, that do a good job. Does it feel kind of, you mentioned the offseason. Does it feel like you're just part of a long offseason now? Or does it feel like this really unusual thing? Uh, very unusual. Um, you were, we're definitely used to playing at this time of the year. And, uh, it's like nobody's ever done or seen this before. So it's pretty weird. Yeah. I guess same boat for everybody. Uh, you and I talked, I think on camera in Peoria, maybe like middle of the amount of time that we were there. Now that that experience is behind you though, of course, ended shorter than any of us expected. What, what was that like your, your first big league camp? What can you look back on it and say? Uh, it was great. I feel like I learned a lot and then I feel like I got a lot better. Um, I was going in the right direction to get ready for the season and, uh, and then it kind of – I think the last game I threw was like the last day of spring training. So um, I was in a good spot, and I felt like I was going in the right direction, and now here we are. At that particular moment – I think you're right, by the way. I think it was that, that last game, that night game, the last time you threw was the last game we were able to play, the, the rain-shortened game, of course. Um, were, were like there any thoughts at that point, you know, with, with you guys that like, hey, this might be coming to a close at any point soon when you think back to it? Or did it feel like, you know, business as usual at that point? Uh, that day was pretty normal. Um, other than that, it was rain in Arizona. Um, <laughs> I think it was the next day. It just kind of hit, you know, one time and we really didn't know what to think. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of questions. And I think it was the next day that it really happened. Yeah, uh, bizarre for you, me, and everybody else uh, who was a part of that all across baseball. A really neat thing uh, this past weekend, the Sod Poodles had a virtual ring ceremony. Words I never thought would come out of my mouth. I did a Zoom call with members of the uh, Texas League champions from last year. Uh, It seemed like a really, really nice event that they did just to try and bring a little bit of a a taste of normalcy and celebration. Uh, Yeah, it was cool. Um, You know, we got the most out of that situation, and it was a lot of fun, you know, see some of the guys on that call and I mean, then see the ring. Uh, you know, they did a great job. You know, the people from Amarillo, and the ring's really nice. So, what was that experience like down the stretch for you last year pitching for them? Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was, you know, it was different. It was somewhere new. And uh, I think I got there in July, and then I was there until, you know, whenever we were done. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot there, too. And uh, it was nice to play with some new teammates and get to know some of the guys that had been there all year. And, you know, then we won a championship. It doesn't get any better than that. What kind of value you, you hear different guys say different things about this? What kind of value do you think there is for a guy winning a minor league, you know, league championship like that? Kind of learning, as they say, what it takes to to go all the way. Uh, you know, I think uh, winning is kind of part of development. Um, you know, yeah, we, we work on our craft and we try to you know get better, but we have to learn how to win. And the quicker you do that, that's when you know the quicker you learn in the big uh, win the big leagues. And you know, if you look at a lot of those teams that. You know, we're good for a few years in the big leagues and we're winning a lot. You know, they won together in the minor leagues, too. So I think it's really important that you know we keep winning as an organization in the minor leagues. Yeah, that's a great point. Eric Hosmer's Kansas City Royals, an excellent uh, example of that. A lot of those guys came up together and through the system. Uh, Mackenzie, really great to see you, man. Thanks for taking a few minutes for us. Uh, congrats on the ring. Hope you get your hands on one soon and uh, stay healthy, stay uh, as sane as possible. And Hope to see you pitching uh, along with all these other great Padre arms sometime soon. Yep. Thank you. Stay safe. Mackenzie Gore, uh, Padre pitching prospect. Randy, you've spent a very nice amount of time with this young man uh, the last couple of years. He was in big league camp, as mentioned, for the very first time uh, this spring. Give us the Randy Jones scouting report, uh, Mackenzie Gore, would you? Uh, well, number one, unlimited potential. Uh, the, the one thing, guys, is – I look from the technical standpoint as a, a former pitcher and look at his mechanics, how he duplicates. 
Uh, that's what impresses me the most. Uh, and Kenny ability, you know, how, he knows how to compete, no doubt. But he, he duplicates his mechanics so well, which makes it you know, even easier for him to make the little adjustments you have to make at the big league level. And I, I was really, really impressed with that. I mean, even that one spring training game, number one, I, and I watched him close to the day. I know he, he gave the home run, he gave the runs, got the loss, uh, was out there quite a while. But he made some good quality pitches, got squeezed by the umpire, in my opinion. He made quality pitches, and that's got to happen, you know, when you're young and, and making that adjustment. But, you know, overall, I've just been so impressed with this young man, his worth ethic. And to duplicate your mechanics that well and to be that consistent is not easy to do. And I've, I've been very, very impressed with this young man. Um, and I think all, his, his future is so bright. I'm just, I can hardly wait till he gets to that point. You know, mentally or whenever the Padres decide that it is, it's time for the big leagues for this young man, I know he thinks he's ready right now, and he's close enough, and I think we'll see him sooner than later. First of all, watching these videos, which of course are not from that long ago, this is like February and March. To me, it feels like 10 years ago, which is sad. But <laughs> from a fan's perspective, let me ask you, how excited are you allowing yourself to be about Mackenzie Gore? Yeah, these are the similar feelings to what uh, when Tatis was coming up and just like he he can't be really this good, right? Like you're trying to kind of, um, you know, shelve your expectations a little bit because like Randy just alluded to, and obviously his opinion is more important than mine, but the unlimited potential, that bunting stance actually has unlimited potential as I see it. Um, but that, <laughs> I, I, I do think it's it's – you want to get so excited because he's so he looks so special and the and he's so young he's 21 years old and yet you know composed in that interview obviously composed on the mound winning a championship with the sod poodles i mean all of it it just it feels like things are lining up uh for him and man i i just i'm so excited to see him and my goodness just looking at these brown uniforms it is um as much as the craziness of the world going around right now and how um you know, uncertain it can be. And, and knowing that the Padres switched to Brown, there is something so special about that. And so I don't want to get lost on that, but man, that high leg kick is so pretty. And, um, you know, I didn't expect to finish this uh, show feeling as old as Randy Jones. However, um, <laughs> he was born when I was in college wow. and that is, that's crazy. So or what do you, what do you want me to say, Brady? Well, you're really old, bro. Or he, he wasn't even thought of then, okay? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, he, he was thought of. He was not even a twinkle. You're right. You're yeah. Right. See? I'm yeah. looking. Uh, all I know is I'm looking forward to Brady getting in the box against RJ at some point. You know, hey, you know what, I've hey, been offering it up for like four years. I've said I'm Brady, ready. Also, I had a, I pulled out a couple of boxes. And, and you got to remember, see, like did my last year, I went to spring training with the Pirates. You know, I, I remember I, it was 83, and you. I remember yeah, we talked yep. about this. And uh, it, it was absolutely amazing. And, and what do I do? I, I pull out a pair of Pittsburgh Pirate pants, a, a, a black pirate a jacket with a T-shirt. No way. Out of, out, of, out of one of the boxes. That's from spring and, training in 83, yeah? Yeah. And then I, but I lift that up, and there's a brand-new New York Met jacket from the year before that and I swear, because I've never, I never wore that jacket. That wasn't me. I always wore the lightweight ones. Then I had this, you know, um, and, and I got pretty tickled. But the next box. Right, I'm coming over next week. No, wait, when, I, when I pulled it down, the next one, I mean, a full historic wool uniform, you know, 1973, 74 era wool. Wow. You heard, you saw Jesse and I both, when you said hey. wool. Just well, a you, of, you, you watch stories hey, here. Like, I'm sorry, what? 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 what, what you, you should come over and try this on. You could be hilarious. I want to. I want to get a picture of you that, in this uni. No, 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 no. That's. Oh, and, and, I'm telling you right now, it's it's a beauty. I I was impressed. I had not, the, not I the pants. I got the jersey. I'm going. Geez, I was going to get my own autograph for a minute, man. I was. I was. <laughs> I was, I was you know, we're connected. The pre double knit era is making me very. I mean, we're talking about wool, not double knit. We're talking. Yeah, about I know. Wool. Double yeah, I remember wearing those in Louisiana. You know how hot it is in Louisiana in the summer? And we had those wool unis. That's what we wore. Duke Snyder was my manager. And I'll never forget Duke. It'd be like 3.30 in the afternoon. And Duke would look at me and he'd go, why don't you guys go out and run some sprints? I went, well, you're nuts. I ain't going out there. <laughs> you know, and, he go, and he said, get your butt out there and run. Right. We, we did, but good Lord. Wow. I'll, never, I'll never forget it, guys. 
That's great Never. stuff, and and I think a pretty good place to leave it tonight. This was fun, guys. Thank you. I like hearing you bicker with each other. I love you guys, man. I just, hey, Monday, <laughs> right now Monday's my favorite, my favorite so far. I like Mondays. Love you, RJ. Appreciate I love you, you man. Hey, up with me, Brady. Come on out anytime, man. We'll, we'll go through some of this stuff. I'm doing it right now. Come on out. All right. Brady Jones, Brady Phelps, uh, Scott Miller, and of course, Mackenzie Gore, and everybody who hung out, commented, and uh, had fun with us. We do the show every Monday through Thursday, 5.30 p.m., I I imagine, until baseball comes back. So hopefully not too long, but we'll see, and uh, we'll try and do our best to keep you entertained. Uh, Stay safe. Stay healthy, everybody. Who needs a Cy Young Award when you've got your own bobblehead? Thanks, Jesse. (laughs) Randy. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.